on Friday, you could be a different person than you are on Monday, because if you feed your mind the information you need to start and, and succeed in business, well, it's not going to come, you know, from your gut. It's going to have to come from, from an external source because you were not born with it. Welcome to Her Money Club Stories. We do not talk about budgets, retirement, or the hustle and grind here. We talk about money, time, and energy freedom. We are here to reimagine our relationship with money, to collaborate and celebrate other women who are doing the same. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to explore your passions and monetize your skills and talents and what lights you up? Can you even make money and a living living that kind of life? You can. Her Money Club allows you to explore all of the possibilities to create the time, money, and joy your heart desires deep down. Tune in as we guide you in reimagining your relationship with money. Hello and welcome everyone to Her Money Club Stories. My name is Rachel Minnie. I am the founder of Her Money Club. The intention for these amazing discussions is to really open up and share our journeys with money and specifically how we start businesses, how maybe we transition from corporate to business to all of the empires that we're building. So today we have a very special guest with us. Um, we have Julia and I know, I think you go by Jules. Is that accurate? Excellent. Jules is with us here today and she is going to share a little bit of her journey. So we're going to start with what she does for a living and how she started. So what really brought you into the work that you do? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Rochelle. I'm delighted to be your guest today. I'm in the business of public relations now. And because I'm a personal development and self-help self -help <laughs> advocate, I feature incredible personalities, experts, and coaches on my Positive Impact TV YouTube show and in a self-mastery magazine. So I really thrive from featuring people who have a great story, kind of like similar to what you do. And I also help them thrive in PR, networking, and generating referrals, which I do through the Global Referrals Hub. Uh, it's our sister organization. Awesome. I love it. And what like prompted you to get into PR work? I'm always curious to hear like how people got there. If it was like, oh my gosh, this was your dream thing or you kind of fell into it. How was it for you? It's a little bit of both. I think like on a summary level, and we can dive into it a bit more. A lot of my skills actually came from my nine to five. Mm. And I didn't think so at first. I thought I didn't really have anything to offer in, in that world. And starting a business, I had a lot of self-doubt and I didn't know what, what do I have to offer, you know, what to do. And there was, there was a piece of my journey that, that helped me with clarity. But the more I was doing the work, the more I was pursuing my passion and mission that, that I felt aligned with, the more opportunities came up to showcase people. And I've started feeling more and more comfortable with the camera, being behind the scenes, contacting people, working with the different media outlets. And what helped me was that I wasn't concentrating on me and putting my message out there, that I was actually a facilitator. And I was bringing all these beautiful stories and amazing, talented individuals to the forefront. And I was literally just facilitating that process. 
So that allowed me to take the focus off myself and not feel so nervous in front of the camera when talking to people because it wasn't about me anymore. I was literally just living my mission out. So if I have that as a tip to anybody, if you're shy in front of the camera, think about what is it behind what you're trying to do in front of the camera? Is it sharing a tip? Is it sharing a story? Is it adding value to the audience? And concentrate on that. Concentrate on that one person who's watching, who's listening. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what you sound like. So just a bit of a confidence tip there. <laughs> love it. I love it. This is really important because I get the question, really two main questions a lot. And I think you might be able to answer it for yourself and your journey. One is, um, how do I monetize my skills? Because a lot of people don't understand the correlation and what they're doing in their corporate job and how it can translate into um, project work, consulting work and business of some sort. So I'm curious to know that for you. And then the second question is really how to get started. So like once you gain clarity, you mentioned you gain clarity on that, then what was like your next main step to get started? Mm -hmm. So I've always had little side gigs on the side and a lot of them had different components of what I do right now. So I used to always organize networking events, bring people together, you know, put some kind of fun event out there and, and literally like help people network, introduce people. There was a period of time when I was out of uh, you know, an environment for a certain number of years. And I, and I came back and visited a couple of friends and they were like, well, I'm still friends with so, 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 and so. And I'm like, wow, I introduced you guys. They said, yes, thank you so much. We're still friends like five or 10 years past that. So, it, and it's not something that I knew that I had as a skill, but again, like right now I'm realizing that I do. So anybody who's coming out of any job has a lot of skills just you know, to begin with. You may not be able to just put a finger on it. You may have to ask a friend. You may have to ask an ex-coworker or a boss, what am I good at? What was I good at at this job or at that job? But don't, don't allow yourself to feel like you have nothing to offer because you're coming up out of the corporate environment into a business world. You do have a lot to offer. Now, that's one piece of it. Another piece of it that running a business requires a completely different set of skills as well. So knowing how to generate income in the world of entrepreneurship is, is a little bit of a different mind game. But I found that the key is to find what do people need. So there's another component in it is what you're passionate and um, um, motivated to do on a day-to-day -day basis, which I can talk about separately. So, so basically you define three things, the skills you already have, the mission and the vision that you're really, really aligned with, something that you don't need extra inspiration, motivation doing, you get out of bed and you think about it all the time anyways. So that's the two things. And the third thing thing is to really identify who do you want to serve, what do they need, and how you can best serve them. And when you have that mindset of serving other people and filling their need, satisfying a gap, then you can monetize it. If you're simply thinking of, okay, I, I'm good at this, and I'm going to just keep spitting it out without really understanding who's going to consume that content or that service, it is really hard to monetize it. Yes, somebody can buy it potentially, but it's like, throwing a net in the water where there is no fish or putting the wrong bait out there, right? So you really need to know what fish you're going to fish. So you need to find the right bait. And by bait, it doesn't need to necessarily be something that you, you know, uh, fake. It, it's just finding that match between the skills you already have 
and the skills that are required in the market or somebody somebody's lacking those skills. So jumping into the business is not necessarily like just, you know, turning on the top of cold water and just going out there and just seeing how you adjust to it or, or throwing a bucket of cold water on yourself. You need to really spend time thinking about it and planning it. You need to spend time making graphs and charts and writing things down and waking up in the middle of the night with ideas and doing a lot of that brainstorming and organizing those thoughts and maybe learning a little bit of business skills, maybe watching some podcasts like this or some following some business strategies or, you know, favorite people that you sort of align with and seeing how they started. So there's a little bit of that time that you kind of need to take a pause because if you simply just quit nine to five and then start something, it's, it's such a not unnatural jump that a few people succeed doing that. Maybe those that continue doing what they were doing in their nine to five, but maybe on a consulting basis, you know, that is more of a gradual uh, transition. But most people who, who start a business, I find they completely get out of that nine to five world because there was a reason why they didn't want to be in it. They were not aligned to what that company was doing or those multiple companies were doing. And they want to do something different. They want to make an impact. They want to help. They want to contribute. So it takes a bit of time and thinking to put that on paper and identify, okay, now what? Now that I have a, a chance to build my dream business and do something I want to do with love day in and day out, what is it going to be? So take that time. That would be my advice. I love it. And I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think it wasn't until I, I can be very strategic, like intuitively, but it wasn't until I followed a few people who were multiple steps ahead of me and were, I was mentored by them that I was able to put together the strategy with my background, my experience, but also follow some version of a framework, right? And it doesn't have to be exact, but like having those strategies to kind of help you build along the way and give you these milestones and roadmaps to at least have jumping off points is really, really helpful to keep you on track otherwise like you said, it's kind of like throwing out this net and not knowing what kind of fish you you're looking for or what kind of bait you're, you're giving them. But I love that analogy. I want you to share a little bit more about your specific story in transition. So as you started to build out your, whether it was consulting, I think you said project work, um, while working the nine to five, I think specifically, I would love for you to share how you spent your time, because that's the biggest question I get in this area is not knowing where to spend their time and just being the most efficient with time. Okay, sure. So I would actually use any time I had, especially during, uh, remote days, like I used to be allowed to work remotely. So being, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm generally an overachiever and I'm super productive. So I finished the day's work in maybe a couple of hours or, you know, an hour in the morning and an hour in the afternoon. And then I just kind of have to keep my eye on things. So I used those days when I was in front of the computer and, you know, monitoring my work, but being bored out of my mind. And I was starting to do research. I was starting to learn things, taking little courses that that's kind of how it started and then I started organizing events and, and there was actually an event I put, uh, it was during a lunch break. So I took an extra long lunch break. Um, when I was at work was downtown Toronto. I, you know, literally across the street, uh, I made it uh, across the street from where I was working. And, you know, that's how it started. And I had several events. And in fact, when I had to move, 
um, I had to find somebody to continue with those events because they were so popular, but I kind of didn't have any interest in continuing that. So it's just finding those little opportunities. If you have a, you know, a period of time in the morning before work or at lunch, um, you know, breaks, or, you know, let's say there's going to be a meeting that you book an hour for, but you're done in half an hour. Well, you know, use the other half an hour. Uh, and also I did a lot of um, audible and listening to podcasts on my train to work. You know, sometimes half an hour, an hour, long train or drive, uh, you can really literally finish business courses and, and, you know, finish books, book after book after book or podcast after episode after episode in one week. You can be on Friday, you can be a different person than you are on Monday, because if you feed your mind the information you need to start and, and succeed in business, well, it's not going to come you know, from your gut, it's going to have to come from, from an external source because you were not born with it. And as you said, you, you, you look for somebody who's a st step ahead of you, who can share their journey and some tips. So you find these people and as you find one, they may mention who they learned from. So then you're like, oh, I'm going to look at this person up. And then, you know, little by little, you end up getting really good information in a very short amount of time. And then using whatever amount of time, I used to actually use my notes uh, app on my phone to write my ideas on the train. And sometimes I would dictate things if I'm driving. So you use, you know, whatever time you have. I have kids too. So at night wasn't as good of a time, but let's say before bed, I, I would have a little journal beside me in bed. And sometimes I would go to sleep and then thoughts start coming to me. So I would wake up, turn the light back on or turn my flashlight on. And I would just scribble something, whatever comes to me at night. But then when you start getting into a routine of like organizing your activities, then very important is to have some sort of a planner, whether you start with a spreadsheet or you use, I actually used to use my work calendar <laughs> to actually put some of the reminders in a to-do list of my business activities. I would kind of code them just in case somebody shows up <laughs> in front of a screen. But because I sort of knew that I was leaving the corporate world, I wasn't, it wasn't like do or die because I'm like, okay, well, you know what, if I get caught, so be it, right? Like. I delivered my work assignments ahead of time. That was the main thing to me. That's why I wasn't feeling guilty that I was spending a little bit of time on these things. Plus, I think they also made me a better employee because business skills are applicable in the nine to five world as well. You become a better, you know, if nothing else, customer service becomes better because you understand who you're serving other companies or how business works in general. So I didn't feel bad about it. So that's nope. the time. <laughs> Um, one huge component in my journey, in my transformation was assessing my values mm -hmm. because I had this period of confusion where I knew I needed to jump out of that world. And I was really, really dragging my feet to work. Like in the morning, mm -hmm. I had this churning feeling that I didn't want to go to work. You know, every video call, I'm sitting there smiling, faking like, hi, oh, yeah, I'm part of the team, but I really couldn't care less about anything that was going on at work any conflict would irritate me. And I just felt like it's not healthy for me. Mm -hmm. So more and more, I was entering this state of confusion. Well, now what, how do I, how do I make that leap? How do I do the jump? How do I cut that cord? And it was really heavy. And I, I think I was almost getting depressed and I shared that with a coach, a friend of mine. And she said, Julia, out of a period of confusion, we'll always find some, uh, come out some brilliant ideas. She's like, embrace it, enjoy it. It won't be long, but you have to accept it and kind of really listen to yourself and see what, what your body and your mind are telling you. Mm 
So yeah, it was probably about a couple of months. It wasn't a comfortable period of time. And again, I continued looking into different things. I continued following different people. I continued getting ideas, but I just didn't have that strength to, to jump. So then I came across a values assessment by uh, Dr. Joe Martini, And he usually, it's like a series of quiz basically. And on that, based With on that- the values factor, right? Very similar, yes. Uh, basically identifies one to three main values in your life um, based on your answers. And that really made me think. And his, his philosophy is that once you know those top values, your whole life becomes more aligned. Your personal life, your professional life, and your business. And he, he's a huge advocate in saying that Take your values, turn them into a business because it's going to be a heart-led business where you're, you're mission-driven. And as I mentioned earlier, you're not going to need external motivation. You're going to be internally motivated to be in that business, in that line of work. And for some people, it is their nine to five. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to jump out of that world. Maybe you need to transition to a different role or ask for promotion or adjust your responsibilities. So for me, it was something completely separate from what I was doing. From back to what I was saying in the beginning, I felt like I had nothing to bring to that from my nine to five. But then the more I was doing it, the more I realized that, you know, even appointment setting skills, talking to people, project management, you know, little things you do in the office, customer service, they come a long way. They come a long way. You need all of them in business, especially while you're still a solopreneur, until you have a team and as you're growing the team working with people if you've ever had a team and you're nine to five managing those people managing projects deadlines priorities all of those skills are essential in business mm-hmm. very much needed so don't feel like you have nothing to offer to the business world you just kind of need to add a few more skills yep I love it. I want to point out a few things that were really key that you said so going back to the time management I think commitment and discipline, Um, were the main keys there because in order to grow something and build something while you're still working in a nine to five, you do need some commitment around, okay, what do I want this to look like? And then also the discipline, which you mentioned as far as like using your time wisely, being resourceful with your time. And I think that is a huge, um, underrated thing that a lot of people don't do is making sure that 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there you know, the drive to and from work, all of those things get optimized. And I distinctly, when you brought that up, I remember back to really corporate jobs ago, um, doing that a lot and not even until you just mentioned it right now, not realizing like I was doing it for my future self. Right. And like a lot of those skills translate now into, into my business, but it's fascinating how like some of us can naturally be very resourceful in that. And then I just know that a lot of people need to be reminded that, hey, this is really important if you want to see the outcomes that you desire to leave your job or build a business. And then the other thing that you pointed out, which I think is also really, really juicy, it's getting uncomfortable. And that in and of itself will make or break people in in getting into business for themselves. If you're not willing to get uncomfortable and go to this depth of your mind that is scary and seems like on the brink of depression and it's 
very unclear, like the muddier the waters, to your point, the bigger the breakthrough is on the other side. And it doesn't stop there, right? It's not just one time in the transition, right? Like this, these types of things happen over and over again in business because you learn more, you grow more, but you know, there becomes unclear moments, which then you just start to recognize as a pattern as, okay, there's going to be some sort of breakthrough here. Don't know when or how or what it's going to look like, but the more you can surrender into that, the easier it gets to navigate through it, right? Instead of avoiding it or, um, you know, not getting uncomfortable and staying comfortable, which is ultimately staying small and not growing. These are really important habits to um, establish earlier on, especially when you can be comfortable in a corporate job financially and in, in those aspects. Um, okay, so now I want to talk a little bit about um, project work and how you, because you mentioned before the call, just defining how you, um, how you monetize those projects. So I think what might be most helpful is like, understanding how you decided to price your different offers um, and kind of maybe even if there's some sense of progression and how that evolved over time. Yeah, of course. So I'll give you an example of one I did uh, a couple of months ago. It was called an anti-anxiety summit. Wasn't really planning on it. It was one of those inspirational projects. I literally either woke up with it or it came to me in the middle of the night. I don't remember. And I'm like, People are either still scared and fearful mm. or are returning to normal and now getting scared of returning back to normal because they lost touch with what normal is. Mm. And it creates a lot of anxiety in people. Plus, I went through some of the depression, anxiety on my own not long ago. So mm. I felt compelled to put that together. And because I already have a beautiful network of coaches and experts around me, I offered it to them I said well what if we put that together now I'm the one who's doing all the work and it may seem like it's not a lot of work but let's just look at a few ingredients of putting together a summit okay even if it's an online virtual summit you need to have software that hosts it you need to have the speakers okay if you are you know, exchanging money in any way, shape, or form, you need to have a system that does that, an invoicing system, okay? You need to have a strategy as to like, you know, who's going to record what, like mine was pre-recorded. And the reason why I wanted it to be pre-recorded is because I know people who are going through anxiety and depression are not going to be sitting there online at the time I tell them to be on the call. They want to, to have the flexibility to watch something about anxiety and depression from the comfort of their home, maybe even under their covers, maybe, if, you know, if they're, you know, let's say maybe they're in a better relationship, maybe they want to do it in the privacy of their own home in the middle of the night. So I wanted to make it accessible and available to people 24 seven during, during the week of the summit. Then there is marketing, right? So you need to find out how are you going to promote it? How are you going to market it? If you're using newsletters, you need a system that does mailing. If you're doing, you know, Facebook marketing, you need to know how to run ads. So there's a lot of little tiny little things that go into it. And if you're doing it, you need to be paid for your work. So I made it super affordable. I made it up for two, two different packages. Again, I didn't want to overwhelm people. So I had a free pre premium package where people could uh, also invite the audience to download their lead magnet. So basically give their email address to the speaker. Uh, and also they could mention their social media 
as many uh, handles as they wanted to. And I would put it under the speaker description as well. So that basically they're inviting people to follow them on all of their platforms. So that was the premium package. I priced it at $99 and at 49, I priced it for one link. So you can mention your website, for example, and that, that's it. And you cannot collect an email. So that allowed me to host close to 20 speakers. And I put it together literally within, I think less than a month. Had I had more time, I would probably charge more because I would do more work. I would do more marketing and it would be a bigger impact. But one thing I can tell you was an amazing experience for both myself and the coaches because people were invested in into it. They were aligned with this vision of helping people get through anxiety from different angles, right? So um, I guess we're talking about money here, but at the same time, we're all driven by the same vision. So for me, it wasn't selling. For me, it wasn't, you know, conversion. And I wasn't thinking about money. For me, it was like, okay, how do I make it beneficial for them? And for me, I'm, I'm helping them build their list. I'm helping them gain their exposure. They can add this to their media kit. You know, they gain an experience being a summit speaker and so on and so forth. So I guess you can start with pricing. You can start with, first of all, what are you doing? How much it's going to cost you? Because you don't want to be the loss. Let's start with that. You don't want to be at a loss. Then you're, you're thinking about the value you're bringing to your audience or whoever you're helping in the project. And you, you, you try to build a bridge there. And again, the more you are out there, the more you kind of get a hang of it. Some people told me like, sorry, but I've usually been in summits that are free. I said, okay, well, what did you gain from it? Well, nothing. Okay, well. Right. So it depends on how the person is looking at it. If it's not valuable to them, don't convince them because there were people that jumped on it without me having to convince them at all. Like, mind you, you know, I put together the benefits to them right away and I explained it in a little video. So whoever resonated with that joined me and whoever didn't, I said, OK, that's great. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. So um, I know there is a sales process and, you know, Obviously, we need to be aware of um, you know, how we talk and, and how we market our services. But I guess what I wanted to highlight is start with the work you're doing and how you're helping the person or the audience. And then it'll help you figure out what's a reasonable amount to charge for it. And you can even ask them as well, because I, I did ask them and they said, yeah, that is very reasonable. Yeah. So I went with that. Yeah. I agree. I think that's fabulous. And it gives you um, like some insight on what kind of value that they want as coaches, but also the audience that they are sharing with, right? So you are really on both sides of that kind of brokering that per se of like acknowledging that this is a problem. This is a need finding the people to really insert, to fill that need and to add the value system to the consumers that want that. So I love it. That is hugely valuable. Thank you so much for sharing. Before we wrap up today, I would love for you to share just any um, programs or anything that you are offering right now, and then also share how people can connect with you. Yeah, totally. So um, my show, Positive Impact TV, is on YouTube. I encourage you all to look it up. I actually have beautiful stories from people how they left their nine to five or how they've dealt with depression or anxiety, a lot of different challenges that they've overcome. Beautiful coaches and experts. So do subscribe, leave some comments. You can get a hold of me straight from there. In my channel, there's information about me. 
and uh, the selfmasterymagazine.com <laughs> is also um, one of the places where I'd like to see you guys support and read the magazine. And if any of you want to be featured in the magazine, do get a hold of us, contact us. My team will be more than happy to uh, you know, get your story and publish it. We would like to highlight transformational moments as well, the wins, the strategies, the tips. So yeah, it's exciting times ahead. I, I, I love that you're doing this work in the financial arena and I'm doing it sort of in, the, in a similar way, building confidence in people that they can achieve self-mastery and self-empowerment and succeed. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's good work and a lot of people need that support. So I think having communities based around this topic and you know, like you said, looking at it from these different lenses really supports, okay, what direction do you want to head? What area do you want to focus on? And really making that a reality for everyone. So thank you so much for joining me today. And we'll talk again soon. Thank you, Rochelle.